You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello there, Flyers fans. Welcome to this week's episode of the Press Zone Philadelphia right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. It's episode 221 of the Press Zone, and uh, we are proud to be an affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. So a big thanks to them and our sponsors, DraftKings, who you will hear from a little later in the show. Uh, And uh, a little later in the show, Patrick Williams is going to be rejoining us for another edition of the AHL Hot Stove. We're going to tell you all about that in a moment. You don't want to miss it. Uh, But first, let me make some introductions. Uh, I am your host, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. My name is Amy Johnson, and I'm joined each and every week by my tremendous co-host. He's our founder and and editor-in-chief, I should say, of Rocket Sports Media. He's the one and only Rick Stevens. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Very happy to be here. You are? Mm Mm-hmm. There's some preseason games happening. Uh, there are tonight, tomorrow, Thursday. Friday. I feel like it's <laughs> when we're when we're straddling NHL and AHL. It's like okay, what league is playing tonight? There's a game every night. There are multiple games sometimes each night, and it's busy. Uh, Flyers just two preseason <laughs> as the, as as the time we record this. Flyers have two preseason games left. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the regular season begins for them and and, uh, for the Phantoms. uh, Their preseason is just around the corner as well. Uh, It is. We're going to talk about that actually in just a moment. Uh, In our first segment today, we're just going to bring you up to date on some some Flyers news and uh, yes, give you the information that you need about the Lehigh Valley Phantoms training camp and preseason. Uh, and then in our second episode, we are or sec, yeah, episode second segment, I should say, uh, we are very happy to have uh, our friend and colleague Patrick Williams back on the show uh, for his biweekly AHL hot stove segment. The three of us are going to talk about uh, AHL training camps around the league in a little more depth, you know, talk about the challenges that the coaches face at the AHL level when it comes to to shaping the roster in training camp and talk about some of the the really interesting stories that are popping up all around the league in this year's training camps. Um, there's a lot of really fun stuff to talk about. So we will have Patrick Williams joining us in just a little bit to do so. So first, let's just briefly uh, touch touch down in Philadelphia and talk a little bit about the Flyers. Of course, as you say, they are uh, 
keying up to take on the New York Islanders uh, tonight in another preseason matchup. They're playing in Bridgeport, actually. They're playing at, at the Islanders' AHL affiliate building. It's a nice building. AHL arena. It, it actually very it very much is. It's a great sight lines. It's a nice building. It's brightly. It, it's I always found that was one of the brighter leagues, uh, brighter arenas at the AHL level to watch a game uh, and, and very comfortable. So uh, the Islanders are going to be streaming that either on their website or on YouTube or both, uh, if you would like to watch that. Uh, so that should be pretty fun. Of course, um, they uh, they were victorious last night in overtime uh, with um, two to one victory in overtime last night, which was which was pretty tremendous. So um they are well on their way. They've only got a couple of preseason games left, as Rick mentioned. Um, the big, un- unfortunately, the big headline this week, and we're not going to go too far down this rabbit hole because it's it's been talked to death a little bit on social media, and I think that there's going to be a bigger conversation uh, that comes out of this. But, of course, uh, and, unless you, when Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and all of those other <laughs> platforms went down if you assumed that twitter also went down and were not on social media at all uh then you might have missed this but otherwise you know that uh, robin leonard came out over the weekend with some pretty bombastic remarks on twitter in kind of a, a a stream of thought twitter thread tweet thread uh, making big accusations about how Buffalo is treating Jack Eichel, uh, how there are teams that he says he has proof that are handing out and, and pushing um, benzodiazepines and, and Ambien sleeping pills and so forth on their players. And in the midst of that tweet thread, and it wasn't just a series of tweets, it was a thread uh, he also threw Elaine Vigneault's name in there, calling him uh, a dinosaur coach who mistreats younger players. And and the context in that thread seemed to indicate that he was pointing fingers at Vigneault and the Flyers as pushing pills on on young um, on young players. So in the days following that, of course, that was enormous, just a, dropping a bomb in the middle of Twitter. Um, and the NHLPA has reached out to Leonard. They apparently have had a, a, a lengthy conversation, which Leonard claims was a good conversation. Um, and Leonard has walked back some of it now saying, oh, well, I wasn't, you weren't supposed to connect the dots in that tweet thread. It was, I was talking about, I, I have proof that, that Elaine Vigneault doesn't treat players very well. Um, but I wasn't saying that he was part of, of the the prescription medication issue. So Rick, it's, it's been a bit of a mess. Um, Fletcher and Vigneault both came out and vehemently denied that they've had any uh, malintent or, or, or illegal or bad behavior or management of players when it comes to medicating. Um, And it's just been a bit of an eyesore all week. It's, it is a mess, uh, a big mess. And yeah, Yes, Robin Leonard walked back his comments, um, but but it it's it's a little disingenuous because there's no question that when he published the 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 tweets, they were connected and uh, the sense seemed to connect. It was a thread, as you said. Um, so that that that's really unfortunate. And it wasn't him just criticizing coaching uh, tactics or 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 attitudes or those kinds of things. These are, these are accusations that uh, would certainly be unethical and, and would border on uh, being criminal. And so 
that's uh, not necessarily the way to uh, quote unquote start a conversation about these things or yeah. or affect change. Um, I I didn't think that uh, Elaine Vignon necessarily did himself any favor. I understand he yeah. he tried to deal with it kind of lightly and and he focused on the dinosaur aspect and then saying. You know, listen, I, I don't need extra income. Well, how about saying, no, it's wrong to to do it rather yeah. than I don't need the income from doing something like that. So it was a bit uh, a bit mishandled all the way around and, and uh, um, un- really, really, really um, unfortunate. It, it was. And I, and I even said in our team Slack that the word unfortunate was the thing, the word that came up the most often in my mind. Um, it's unfortunate that... This is obviously something that Robin Letter's passionate about. Um, you know, it's unfortunate if there is truth league-wide behind these accusations and stories because you certainly don't want to hear um, that the league at any level, at any team, is is mishandling uh, players in terms of medication for their on-ice product and that kind of thing. Uh, so, you know, we're really, I'm hoping um, that, that, it doesn't turn out that that's a widespread case, but we don't know. It's unfortunate that that Vigneault and the Flyers got tossed in with all of that, and so yeah. the damage is kind of done in the in the public forum on on Twitter. It's just it's all around just a mess. So, so we now have to wait to see uh, what Gary Bettman and the league uh, plan to do next. I know, as we said, Leonard has spoken with the NHLPA. Next up is is to to speak with the league. Um, and uh, hopefully have a more productive way of going about this, having those conversations with the people who can make uh, make changes and, and start investigations if need be. Um, on a lighter side of things, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms opened their training camp this week. Uh, and uh, they actually kick things off of, of, I think they might be one of the only teams uh, in the league who are playing four games in the preseason. They start things off on the road against Wilkes-Barre on Wednesday night. Uh, for From my understanding from the team broadcaster, Bob Rochuk, uh, that game won't be televised, but it will be uh, the... The, I believe Nick Hart will be doing the radio call uh, for Wilkes-Barre. And then again, when the, the Phantoms come home to face uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton on Saturday, that'll be able to be seen on local service electric cable television. Um, and, and the Phantoms will also have the radio call as well. So, Rick, they'll be playing four preseason games, training camp happening all of this week, uh, a little light on AHL players in the roster so far. At this point, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the Flyers did uh, actually make some cuts today. Um, and so they sent Samuel Urson, Logan Day, Mason Millman, Maxim Sushko, Wyatt Wiley, Max William, Matthew Strom, all to the Phantoms. So they do get a bit of an injection of, of some of that AHL talent. One other one that they sent down, Rick, which I think is an interesting one, is Samu Tuamala. Uh, if we remember, Samu Tuamala is the Flyers' 2021 second-round draft pick. Uh, made a made a good showing for himself playing for Team Finland at the World Junior Summer Showcase in Plymouth, uh, and uh, it fared pretty well uh, during Flyers' rookie camp. But really, kind of 
made a headline for himself when he was very emphatic at rookie camp saying uh, his goal is, you know, if he's not going to make the Flyers, he wants to play for the Phantoms. He does not want to go to junior. He prefers to play in the AHL. And as we know, that's, you know, coming from Europe, it's a it's a big jump to go right to the pro league. So perhaps junior would be um, the more appropriate route for him for this first season. But the interesting thing is, Rick, he's been assigned to the Phantoms for now. Which the means, training camp, wait. yeah, yeah. So it means he gets a shot at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. It could end up that he still gets cut from Lehigh Valley training camp and does get sent to his junior team, um, but we don't know. And and he's going to at least get the chance to show Ian Laperriere what he can bring at the AHL level. So I think that's going to be an interesting uh, cog in the wheel to keep an eye on during Phantoms training camp. And Mike Rashel is uh, our, our team member is upset because he's not going to the Sudbury Wolves of the OHL. <laughs> Mike's favorite team. That's well, that is very true. <laughs> um, speaking of Mike Rashel, actually, um, we I know we mentioned this um, last week, but that Mike Rashel had started over at our Montreal Canadiens coverage site, which is a uh, All Habs Hockey Magazine. You can find that at allhabs.net. Uh, our Mike Rashel is starting a series of um, basically kind of season predictions for each division around the entire league. So it's it's not just for Canadians fans. It's for hockey fans of any team. Um, and it's it's uh a compilation of of Mike and some other writers uh, giving their season predictions for every team and every division around the league. And so um, he started with the Atlantic Division. The Pacific Division just came out this week. Uh, when we do get to the Flyers Division, you certainly want to check that out. Metropolitan Division uh, is going to be out on Wednesday or Thursday. Perfect. And yours truly uh, was the one who contributed the Philadelphia Flyers prediction segment in that article. So uh, be sure to check it out and let us know. Uh, leave your comments on any of the teams if you, if you think the predictions are, are right, if you disagree or agree. So be sure to check that out. And great job uh, with Mike Rashel compiling all of that. All right, Rick, we are going to take a quick break. We've got Patrick Williams waiting in the ring wings. So uh, we're going to uh, hear from our sponsor, DraftKings. And on the other side of that, Patrick is going to join us for another episode of the AHL Hot Stove, and we're going to talk about AHL training camps, the ins, the outs, the challenges, and some really bright spots uh, to look for in the AHL this season. So you don't want to miss that. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Hockey is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. And DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, throw down a dollar on any hockey game, and win a hundred in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Big thanks to our sponsors, DraftKings. You just heard from them a special offer. Don't forget to use that promo code THPN. Uh, And that comes to you all because we are affiliated with the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, It's a great group of hockey enthusiasts and podcasts, uh, so be sure to check them out as well. Uh, Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined in the studio by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Uh, And be sure that you're following, actually, couple of things. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. We certainly don't want you to ever miss an episode. And now that we're really getting into the the thick of, of getting prepared for the season to start, you definitely don't want to miss a, an episode. Uh, we've got great interviews, uh, exclusive interviews, great coverage. You don't want to miss any of it. So be sure you're subscribed. Uh, and also be sure you're following on Twitter. Two places to follow at the AHL Report. And that's where you'll get all of our game recaps, uh, Patrick Williams feature articles every other week, uh, player profiles, uh, all sorts of information. You don't want to you don't want to miss that. So follow at the AHL report and you can follow this podcast at the press zone. Well, we are back with another fantastic edition of the AHL Hot Stove with Patrick Williams right here on the press zone and the AHL report. Patrick, our friend, how are you today? Good. How are, how are both of you? We're doing pretty good. We're doing well. <laughs> Traversing through preseason and training camps and so on and so forth. And actually, uh, there's two things before we start this segment. We're going to we're going to talk about training camps and and what's happening around the AHL uh, in this segment as far as training camps go. But there's two things that we want to tick off the board before them. Um, the first is that you not only beat me, but you trounced me in our Rocket Sports <laughs> Fantasy Football League this week. And I think we need to talk about this. Okay. <laughs> Three and one, I might add, um, uh, on the season. I could have been four and oh, but I lost by like half a point uh-huh. in the third week of the season. Uh-huh. <laughs> Coming from the, oh, I haven't played fantasy football in a while, so... Well, and I had three of my regulars uh, injured this week. Yes, and I thought I was going to beat you. In fact, you tried to pawn off one of your injured players to me in a in a trade. <laughs> well, I figured he was only going to be injured for a week or so. And, you know, I figured I might be able to give you a bargain. I see. Uh, really? Wow. My goodness. Well, touche. Congratulations. Savvy. That's a yeah, yeah. savvy manager right That's there. That's right. The family savvy manager. The family came up strong against uh, Fly Eagles Flyers, and so I tip well, my hat. Congratulations! But yeah, it's on next is, time. The family is is doing well. Uh, <laughs> Tom Brady's my quarterback, and as I said before, uh, Tom Brady is coming in and making this football team a football family. Wow. <laughs> It, you're, it's you're really a, a, a very hands-on manager. It's it's good to see that you 
have a family yeah. family atmosphere going on over there. So in our yes. twelve in our twelve uh, player league, we should say that uh, Patrick is currently in fifth. Uh, I am currently in seventh, and we're not going to talk about where I'm. at. We're not going to talk about where you are because okay. of the three Rocket Sports fantasy football teams football leagues that I'm in, this is my worst one. I'm okay. in eleventh. I am currently four and zero in our All Habs keeper league. So. I'm at both end of this both ends of the spectrum right now. <laughs> and you're what now? One in three? In yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we did you know, I know you had Christian McCaffrey on one of your clubs and you know, yeah. I had him on mine and yeah, his uh his situation is is not good, unfortunately. He needs uh, to just uh buck up and get back out there. <laughs> a little bit of tape and you know, yeah. bubble gum and tape and get him out there. Duct yeah, tape well, fixes everything. Let's go, buddy. And and Gronk is still injured, unfortunately. Uh, you know, yeah. I thought he was going to play this past week. You know, coming back home to New England, but uh, now they're they're talking fractured ribs. So that and doesn't sound great. Lung. Yeah, yeah. I, I did, my only question was how how big and how strong do you have to be to fracture Gronk's ribs. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I know it's an NFL <laughs> linebacker and they're all huge and superhuman and all that, but wow, like that is some serious <laughs> That's some strength. serious strength. Well, congratulations yeah. to you. Um, we'll, uh, we'll see how the rematch goes the next time. Uh, our second item before we get to the meat <laughs> and potatoes is that we need to, uh, on behalf of Rick and myself and everyone here at the Rocket Sports team, we've talked to our listeners and readers so much about how excited we are that you're part of the team this year. Um, and we're so looking forward to, to getting to work with you. Um, but on all, behalf of all of us, we have to say a big congratulations to you because big announcement came out from the AHL yesterday uh, that uh, Patrick is going to be a regular contributor at the AHL's website. Yeah. Um, thank you. And I'm really excited about it. I think, um, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, this was a long, a deal long in the making. I mean, just everything these days is, is difficult with, you know, pandemic and finances of not just the hockey industry, but really pretty much any industry you can think of, um, that, you know, this is the first time really I'll ever be in a place where the AHL is the number one priority for the place I'm writing for. I mean, you know, I've written Yay. for Sportsnet, for TSN, and for some other sites. And, you know, it's always sort of – the writing's always been in the context of, well, what does this mean for the NHL team or, you know, this NHL players, you know, prospects? And, of course, the AHL's bread and butter is player development. But yeah, my stance is and the league stance is that there's also a lot more to the league than simply developing players and send them on to the NHL. You know, there's all sorts of uh, storylines and, and, you know, unique history and – um, you know, fan bases in this league that are concerned far more than just developing players. I mean, fans are fans no matter where you go, and they want to see their team win and compete and um, score goals and, and hit and fight and all the stuff uh, that comes with hockey. And, um, you know, they're interested in that side of things, not just, well, you know, we're producing players for the NHL parent team. So, that's what I'm going to try to cover and it really captures just, you know, there's a lot going on down here uh, every given weekend uh, teams playing two, three games um, on that weekend. And uh, there's just a ton uh, happening, especially, I mean, coming back off the pandemic season 
Uh, it's going to be a time of a lot of transition for the league. And, uh, you know, you have Palm Springs coming in next season. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of growth. Uh, there's really in the next year, there's going to be three new buildings opening uh, in mm. Henderson, Palm Springs, and San Jose. So, uh, for all the problems the league has had to face in the last uh, 18 plus months, uh, there's also a lot of uh, positive growth on the horizon. So, I'm really looking forward to digging into some of this and, um, you know, just writing for, for a site where uh, the AHL is the priority and it's not. You know, simply, well, you know, Prospect X or Prospect Y is, you know, uh, on the fast track and, you know, you can't wait till he gets out of here and gets to the NHL. You know, and so that's one of the real, that was one of the really appealing aspects of this uh, opportunity. Well, so to ahead. have you um, uh, writing for AHL.com, writing uh, about the AHL for NHL.com, and of course, uh, now this year to have you, uh, aboard our team, our rocket sports mm-hmm. team, uh, the kind of, of, of work you've, you've already done, uh, in your biweekly column, uh, the first one out, uh, on, uh, ahlreport.com, the, the, uh, podcasts that, that we've started here in the press zone and our biweekly AHL hot stoves. Uh, we're we're just really excited uh, for you and to see the success that you're having, and uh, really proud to be affiliated with you for this uh, upcoming year and and beyond. Well, thank you, and that that was the aspect of the AHL report that really appealed to me as well. You know, um, you know, a lot of most of the work really I've done over the years has been kind of you know solo work. It's almost like use a tennis analogy, you're playing singles. Well, I wanted to play some doubles, you know, you know, to kind of be part of a team and not just kind of on my own little island. So, uh, I'm very grateful for the opportunity with HL report and, um, everything that comes with that as well. We love having you as well, even when you defeat our fantasy football team. (laughs) (laughs) Even when I come in and wreak havoc. (laughs) That's right. That's right. We would expect nothing less. All right. So today's AHL hot stove segment, it is training camp season, finally. Uh, AHL training camps, if they have not started already, are starting throughout the week. Um, And I guess let's let's first talk about the unique situation that AHL coaches find themselves in when it comes to training camp, Um, because, you know, the NHL teams get to take their invitee roster and they get to whittle that down at their leisure and, and cut players as they see necessary to try to create that opening night NHL roster. And and it overlaps with the beginning of of AHL training camps this year, it seems it's overlapping even more. So uh, opening night for both leagues is very close together. So AHL coaching staffs are starting training camps even more with, I guess with, with even less of their potential roster players than they normally would, because a lot of them are still up on the NHL side at those training camps. So I guess, Patrick, let's just start with that. Like what, let's talk just a bit about, AHL training camp and and how condensed it is and challenging it can be. Well, it's challenging, like you said, in the best of times. I mean, where um, coaches get their their players kind of in, in dribs and drabs, and um, you really a lot of times don't even know what your team will look like until three or four days before the regular season begins. And, um, you know, one thing NHL coaches have to deal with that NHL teams don't is is waivers, and that can be a time when 
some of your best players get snagged on the waiver wire and uh, all of a sudden uh, you're uh, missing a goalie that you were expecting to be your number one or a top defenseman or, or what have you. And uh, so there's a lot of that. There's and there's players coming There's you know, in waves and then, you know, you have a lot of guys on tryout deals or ECHL or, or whatever the case may be. Um, so uh, yeah, trying to get any sort of cohesion is difficult. Um, and it's one reason why HL teams keep their uh, preseason schedule pretty brief uh, for the most part. Most teams only play two, maybe three games. I mean, I, I know one, I think it's Lehigh this season is playing, playing four, four games, which is, which is quite high uh, is. For, for normal times. And I think even more so, like, you know, um, there's so much turnover now from, from last season. Uh, especially, you know, this is our first training camp really in two years. I mean, there was the little abbreviated one before last season, but uh, that was, <clears throat> I'm not even sure I would even call that really a, a traditional training camp last season. So, um, you know, just, you know, when you think about the turnover in the last four or five months, and, and especially over the last 18 months from teams, I mean, you're looking at essentially – Two-thirds to three-quarters of most teams have turned over. And uh, usually it's more in the range of a third to a half. So um, uh, there's just a ton of uh, change right now. And you have uh, coaches that are trying to come in. You still have a lot of these protocols hanging around. And um, you have to navigate that. And that makes it more difficult. So, uh, yeah, I mean, in some ways it's almost like a hybrid of a normal season and last season. So um, coaches have their hands full uh, every preseason, but even more so this year. Just want to pick up on something you said there, and that was uh, rosters can be uh, thrown out of kilter AHL rosters by uh, players being claimed from waivers, and I think you know we we haven't seen a lot of that in the in the past uh, in a regular um, a, a normal uh, operating mm-hmm. season. Um, and, and people have said, well, maybe there's a, a, you know, some sort of gentleman's agreement among, uh, AHL or um, amongst NHL GMs not to claim, uh, players at this time of se- the season before the opening of the roster. Cause it, it happens very rarely, but it's usually, um, because the, the rosters are so full and, and there isn't room to, uh, to add, uh, players, but we've seen it more this year with uh, mm-hmm. the Canadians claiming Samuel Montembeau, the the goaltender from Florida. We've seen uh, Axel Janssen Falby mm-hmm. um, from Washington going to to uh, Buffalo. Buffalo. Um, Rem Pitlick claimed by the 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 Wild. Um, why do you do you have any insight on why do you think it, it seems to be happening uh, more often this year than it has in the past? I, I don't, and I'm not sure why, but it's certainly the case. Mason Geertsen, another one, and he was yeah, that's right. one of Hartford, supposed to be ticketed to be one of Hartford's top defensemen, and now he's off to New Jersey. Uh, but, like, you talk about uh, the Canadians and, and Florida, and that was a goaltender that was ticketed to be going to Charlotte. Uh, he was going to probably play with Antoine Bebo and uh, be a really strong 1-2 tandem there. And... Um, they don't have that option now, right? So um, it's, I mean, goaltenders are a little bit of a different case, but yeah, now we're seeing forwards. I mean, uh, you know, you talk about actually Onsen Falbia. He he was a 20-goal scorer uh, most likely this season for the Hershey lineup, and uh, he's off to Buffalo. And so that that's a hole now that 
new Hershey head coach Scott Allen has to fill somehow, and uh, it's not necessarily one that can be filled easily. So um, I don't know why, other than just I would maybe just chalk it up to the general upheaval and chaos uh, of this past offseason. It was such a strange free agent market uh, at the NHL, AHL bubble level. Um, you know, the amount of talent that was hanging around out there really, you know, deep into, into September was really strange. I mean, you look at someone like Aaron Ness, top defenseman for, for years in this league. And, uh, he had to go uh, to camp. He was first supposed to go to Seattle then ended up going to Boston's camp. And then finally he settled for an AHL deal in Providence. And, um, so you're seeing a lot of talent, uh, as NHL teams, I think are, are just, they're still dipping their toe back into everything. Um, you know, there's the salary cap, but there's also the financial aspects, uh, you know, that go be well beyond the salary cap, you know, especially at the AHL level where, you know, the cap's not an issue, but real dollars and cents are. So um, now I think teams, they get into a situation where they're like, well, maybe we should have been a little bit more active this summer. I guess we're going to have to go the, the waiver uh, path and, and try to find somebody that way. Uh, so that's one possibility, but, uh, yeah, I don't have a great explanation. I think everything right now, um, we're still in so many uncharted waters. Uh, you know, last season was certainly uncharted and now this season is in its own way. So that's my best theory, but it, that's all it is at this point is the theory. In, in addition to the waiver pickups, you know, you mentioned, and, and you even, you even, You've talked about it on Twitter. You talked about it in your inaugural under review column on AHL report last week uh, about the glut of free agents that were still available deep into September um, that now that AHL training camps are starting. Some of those guys you had mentioned, we were talking before the show that that aside from waivers, there's a bunch of guys that are showing up as PTOs uh, in, in training camps, which is, I guess, another way. Uh, hopefully to, to start filling some of those empty spots. Absolutely. I mean, you look at, uh, well, Greg Carey, for example, going to camp um, uh, with the Chicago Wolves. I mean, a really a, a proven 20 goal score at this level for several seasons. And, and the best he can get is a PTO. And um, so many guys in his, in his similar situation um, um, who had to settle for that uh, you know, just because of, of what the market is right now. Uh, what teams are dealing with. And then you look at the talent that's still available. I mean, uh, start with Laval. You have Joe Blandese still sitting out there. And for my money, one of the best players in the league last year. Um, and he doesn't have a contract. Uh, Brandon Peary, uh, who, you know, at this level is, you know, in a full season, probably a 40 goal uh, scorer uh, pretty easily. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't have a contract. Uh, Thomas Yurko, uh, who was fantastic two years ago with Charlotte in the Calder Cup playoffs, and uh, when they won the win the championship, uh, Chris Muller, uh, another real established veteran. Um, you know, so you go on and on down the list. Cam Schilling uh, on the blue line, Nate Prosser on the blue line, like like guys that at this level are high end players, first pairing type defensemen or top six forwards. Zane McIntyre and Ned, uh, he was an all-star last year with Lehigh Valley, doesn't have a contract, and so on and so forth, right down the list. Uh, it's still a very weird market, um, and you know, there's not a lot of um, rhyme or reason, it seems like, and it's almost like if you're a player, uh, it really did uh, you know behoove you this summer to, if you got even 
the slightest hint of an offer to jump on it and to not wait for something better because uh, in a lot of cases it seems like uh, nothing better did come along for players and now they are kind of having to scramble and and uh, settle for, for deals. And, I mean, you're seeing players. Uh, Europe isn't quite the option it once was just because everything is just – more in upheaval and, you know, you know, generally those players are older. So, you know, they may be married. They may have families. Do you want to be taking a family over to Europe, you know, in a pandemic situation uh, or leaving them back home? So, I mean, there's just so many variables now that, that aren't typically there. So, um, well, I think, I think that's what we're seeing is just uh, everybody's now trying to feel their way through the dark and, um, there isn't a great uh, template for, for players, for agents, or for teams uh, as to how to navigate this. I guess the other part of it is we've seen very competitive uh, training camps, and mm. that's a that's good news, I guess, for the AHL teams because it means that talent uh, is going to be bumped down to the, to, to the AHL, and you you wonder what is going to happen um, between Montreal and Laval. What will happen with Ryan Paling? Um, mm-hmm. You you wonder if if Cole Perfetti is going to make uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Someone like Jonathan uh, Kovacevic, who had a very good training camp, uh, is is uh, going to be playing for the Moose because the Jets upgraded their back end um, this past uh, summer. Mm-hmm. Um, in in Seattle, Kale Flurry, who we're familiar with, uh, is is uh, is going to be playing in the AHL. Uh, Noah Juleson in Florida. Uh, there, there's going to be some good talent uh, because there's the the spots on the NHL roster are so highly competitive. Yeah, I mean, when I saw that kind of that first wave of cuts uh, uh, for Charlotte, you know, coming from both Florida and. Uh, Seattle. I mean, uh, th- th- that move now to, to get uh, a um, a pair of uh, affiliates uh, kind of go back to an old school dual affiliation. Uh, that move by the Charlotte Checkers is looking really smart right now because <laughs> yeah. um, if you had just been Florida, it might have been a fairly thin lineup. Uh, but now you're getting you're getting kind of the best uh, of the both uh, both worlds from from two NHL clubs, uh, Seattle's especially has a lot of players that already kind of fit that, that, um, that NHL, AHL bubble. So a lot of guys that can kind of go either way. And then they, they picked up Strott Wilson last, uh, I guess a couple of days ago on an AHL deal. So, um, yeah, Charlotte's looking like the real thing for this season. I mean, I think it'd be an amazing storyline if you got Charlotte, uh, win the cup in 2019, they're still technically the defending champs. That's true. <laughs> um, and now if they came and they won the 20, 2022 cup with uh, two completely different uh, NHL parent teams, I think that would be, <laughs> that would be quite the story. And, you know, I mean, given what their lineup is, is starting to shape up as uh, it wouldn't shock me one bit um, if they could pull that off because uh, yeah, they looked really, really good. I mean, Waivers obviously is an issue uh, that any team uh, has to deal with, and now you have two NHL clubs that are putting guys on waivers. Uh, but uh, yeah, if, if things can shape up like they're looking, I mean, watch out. I mean, they, they Connor Carrick, Kale Flurry, Gustav Olsson, uh, Antoine Bebo, uh, just coming from Seattle. So, uh, um, Charlotte. I mean, they're 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 a smart team. That that is a very smart front office in general. 
uh, both uh, on and off the ice in terms of uh, how they handle their business operations. And uh, they certainly got dealt a blow um, way back uh, almost uh, a year now plus uh, when Carolina pulled out, uh, but uh, they've uh, they've rebounded quite nicely, and um, you know you could have a situation where this would be the first time since 1990 and 91 where the same AHL team won the Calder Cup back to back years with uh, two different parent clubs. Uh, so I think that would be a really cool, <laughs> very cool storyline. Story yeah. uh, and that that team was Springfield back in 90 and 91 with the Islanders and and, and then the Whalers. Uh, so now you could you could do it again. And I think, yeah, I'm kind of I, I root for good storylines. Yeah, I think that's a very fun storyline to follow. Well, speaking of of that, um, there are uh, there are storylines uh, around new affiliations, around new locations. Um, mm-hmm. You have uh, Abbotsford, um, the the Canucks bringing their uh, uh, um, AHL affiliate closer to home and uh, from Utica going to Abbotsford and, and Abbotsford uh, for, for the fans there, uh, they're going to have uh, either Ole Levy or Jack Rathbone to go out and watch two exciting players. Um, you have uh, Utica now uh, changing their affiliation from Vancouver uh, to New Jersey and, and, um, uh, new, new coaches in the league. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of, uh, Kevin Deneen, um, yeah. all kinds of, uh, interesting storylines, um, going on. Yeah. I mean, you start with Utica, right. And Kevin Deneen, uh, one of the real top coaches in, in, at this level. I mean, a guy who's been an NHL head coach before, uh, he, coached the Canadian women's team to a gold medal at the 2014 Olympics, uh, won a Stanley Cup uh, with Chicago as an assistant uh, under Joel Quenville um, back in 2015. I mean, extensive resume to go with his 19 years as a player, as a captain at the NHL level. And uh, I was surprised when San Diego uh, didn't retain him. Um, obviously, Joel Bouchard came in. That, that certainly was a little bit of a, a wrinkle in the plans, but um Deneen bounced back really nicely uh, going to Utica and the New Jersey Devils have really put a, a, a good team uh, potentially in Utica. And I'm really interested to see how, you know, you have a fiery coach like him uh, w- with a real strong roster uh, in that uh, little building in Utica where those fans are, are nuts. <laughs> and uh, to see that, you know, see that kind of that combination together, I think could be really interesting. And then you, you go out to Abbotsford, you know, which they pulled the Vancouver affiliation, like you said, uh, uh, from Utica, uh, brought it out West, uh, following the trend of uh, most NHL clubs now to be close to home. Uh, Vancouver was extremely active in the offseason uh, in terms of what they brought in that likely will be going to to the Abbotsford Canucks. Uh, you know, obviously it's an attractive place to play if, if you're a player, especially if, if you have ties uh, either to BC or generally uh, somewhere out west. Uh, um, and play an hour from uh, Vancouver. Um, it, it's, it's great for players in terms of their off ice and their their family life uh that if you are called up or sent down between the nhl and the ahl that's it's not major a major disruption i mean i i saw that firsthand with, with winnipeg um going from the st john's ice caps uh bringing the team back home uh to winnipeg with the moose and 
uh, it's just night and day for players. All of a sudden, I mean, it's difficult enough if you're sent down, but at least now you're staying in the same city and the same same home. Uh, if you have family, your family's there. You're not getting on a plane, leaving your family behind, uh, you know, and, and going, you know, two and a half time zones away to St. John's and kind of uh, being uh, out of sight, out of mind in a way. So uh, that's, a, that's a huge thing for players. They, they really put a, a big premium on that. Uh, um, and uh, we're seeing now what that, that can mean um, for um, for players, but also, you know, in terms of the Canucks management. I mean, you're going to have the Sedins are going to be pretty heavily involved with Abbotsford. I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, if you're a young 20, 21-year-old AHL player and one of the Sedin brothers comes up to you <laughs> and says, hey, I'd like to work with you on the, on your face-offs or on your, you know, your zone play, whatever the case may be. I mean, how do you say no to yes. that, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I mean, just a wonderful option uh, for those players. I mean, and you could see uh, why so many players jumped at the opportunity to go to the Abbotsford this year. Uh, Sheldon Drys went there. Uh, Matthew Highmore. um uh, Nick Patan went there, uh, Kyle Burroughs. I mean, so just a lot of young talent uh, was, you know, really, I think, intrigued to go there and uh, have a good setup. And uh, I've been to the building in Abbotsford. It's top-notch building, and they've actually improved it since the original Abbotsford Heat played there. So um, it should just be a great setup, I think, uh, for those players, for the management, and, and certainly for Canucks fans. Uh, be they the NHL Canucks or now the AHL Canucks. Uh, you know, see your players go back and forth. Easy to keep tabs on them. Um, if you're a Vancouver fan, you're not having to follow your prospects uh, in a time zone, three three time zones away, uh, kind of far, you know, far removed from your from your world. So, and, and likewise for Utica. Now they have their players in, in New Jersey a couple of hours away. So it's just really the best of both worlds for all parties and uh, you know it's really just in keeping with the trends uh, of this league really go back uh, prior to 2015 but certainly the 2015 west coast uh, shift really accelerated that entire movement and now i mean it's one of dave andrews uh, i think biggest legacies uh, you know in his 26 years was getting a really solid coast to coast map uh, for the league and for uh, NHL parent clubs to, to really be able to experience the benefits of having an affiliate an hour or two down the road. So equally exciting, you know, obviously watching either new brand new teams come into the league uh, or new affiliations get shaken up, new buildings, that kind of thing. It's always fascinating to watch the early evolution uh, of those new teams or new affiliations, new franchises. Um, and one that has most recently come into the league, of course, was was uh, just in the last couple of years, the uh, the birth of the Henderson Silver Knights, of course, after uh, Vegas acquired the San Antonio Rampage and, and moved that franchise geographically closer uh, into Nevada. So Henderson is still pretty young in the league uh, in, in terms of the league history and a, a big portion of their young existence has been through a pandemic. So um, what is the lay of the land looking like for, for Henderson and, and how they are moving forward so far? Well, I think that the theme for Henderson, really for the Vegas Golden Knights in general since 2017 has been, uh, they spare no expense. Um, and you know, I, I would start with the building uh, situation for Henderson. They're playing right now in the Orleans Arena. 
which I would say by any standard would be a top 10, top five building in this league. Well, <laughs> instead they're going to build a, well, they are building a $64 million uh, <laughs> brand new facility um, in Henderson, uh, very close to their brand new uh, NHL caliber training facility, oh. uh, specifically targeted uh, for the use of uh, the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, so, uh, there is no expense that they won't spend. Uh, Bill Foley, the owner of the Vegas Golden Knights, I think certainly has made that uh, a theme with the, with the uh, NHL club. And that's trickled right down now to the American League team. I mean, um, they do everything uh, first class out there. And uh, you can see why, uh, another, again, players flock out there. I mean, they, they had a very good season last year and then a very active offseason uh, this past summer. Uh, bringing in some real high-end uh, veteran talents. I mean, and, and you know, it, it, I guess it made sense, right? If you're a mid-20s player and, uh, you know, you have your options, well, playing in the Las Vegas market, uh, the suburbs, um, you know, of Henderson certainly would be appealing, I think, for a lot of players, uh, especially having, again, having the NHL club in the same market. Uh, so your off-ice life disruption is pretty minimal. Um, having the management uh, there at every game, being able to take uh, tabs on it, and, and facility-wise, I mean, you're not practicing in a uh, kind of a rundown community rink or something. You're in a top-notch, uh, state-of-the-art NHL caliber facility uh, out there, and um, you know they they just hired a general manager, Tim Speltz, uh, came over from the from the Leafs, where he'd been uh, head of their amateur scouting uh, for the past five years. Very extensive history in the Western League as an executive. Uh, uh, so um, I spoke with him uh, on Monday uh, just to go over kind of the lay of the land with him and uh, what he's experiencing and, and what he can bring uh, coming over from the Leafs, who obviously are one of the real pioneers of uh, this uh, close to home philosophy. Um, you know, with the Marlies uh, when they came in in 20, uh, 2005, I should say. And, um, Really were, uh, I mean, there was Philly. Philly was one of the first teams to do it, but uh, certainly uh, um, one of the real pioneers in that that, that close-to-home uh, model, um, you know, in terms of actually playing the same city. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a really interesting conversation with uh, Speltz because, uh, you know, he did say that, you know, working with Kyle Dubas there, uh, you can pick his brain. You, you can certainly get his thoughts on um, – the pros and some of the cons of having an affiliate in the same market, um, off ice, uh, the logistics of it. I mean, one thing that is a challenge, I think, for some players living in, a, in, in an NHL size market is is your cost of living. Right. And that, that can be a challenge for players. I mean, if you think about the Ontario rain or the San Jose Barracuda, I mean, you're in uh, one of the most expensive places in North America to live. Uh so that can be a little challenging, especially for the younger guys that are, you know, kind of making their entry level um, salary and uh, aren't signing the, the the nice and big six figure contracts that you know some of the veteran guys will get. So uh, there's just so many logistical things, and, and you know, he he did uh, say, you know, he's he's new to this side of it, you know, coming from the amateur side, and um, so he's going to be on the road with the team for for quite a bit, especially in the the early part of the season. Just to he said to get a sense of uh, what the road life is like, what the burdens are uh, that are on young prospects, and and what they need, and and what you know both he and and the Vegas uh, 
uh, front office can provide for those players. And uh, you know, so it was, it was an interesting chat. And, you know, he'll be working there with uh, head coach Manny Viveros, another Western League uh, product uh, who had a really strong uh, opening season last year with Vegas, or I should say with Henderson, uh, even given everything. And to the extent that there was a championship last year, it was the Henderson Bakersfield mini final uh, at the end of the year. Uh, and that was one of, really some of the best hockey I've seen in quite a while. And, um, you know, players were going hard. And, uh, you know, I think that was uh, due in large part to uh, what Vegas, Henderson, and Manny Viveros were able to, the culture they were able to establish right from the get-go, despite all the challenges that last season did uh, provide teams. The only... Um other thing that that I'll just add here is is how nimble uh, the the coaching staff in 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 the AHL has to be. We we know that already because of of the daily changes. But um, you know, I think of of uh, Belleville Belleville Senators um, that that uh, they were uh, counting on um, uh, you know a young player like Angus Crookshank to be in their their lineup. Uh, mm-hmm. This season, promising fifth round pick, he had a had a a good uh, NCAA career, and and uh, and there he was uh, trying to uh, you know in a in a rookie game um, uh, against Montreal uh, fell well he was taken down awkwardly by uh, Arbor Jacki and and um, needs now reconstructive knee surgery out four to six months. Tough for uh, for those players who um, you know their season's over before it started, kind of thing, and and also tough for the organization to kind of okay, we got to shift our plans here uh, for one of our our pieces is is not going to be in the lineup. Well, that was really disappointing too, especially. I mean, he came in at the end of last year in Bell uh, in Belleville, like you said, came over from the college ranks and. I mean, he fit right in. I mean, he was playing top six, uh, top three sometimes. Um, looked like he'd been in the league for a while. Um, head coach Troy Mann raved about his play yeah. uh, early and often. And, uh, you know, he came in with so much momentum, uh, you know, from last season through the summer into training camp this year, rookie camp. And, and to have that happen, I mean, it was just, I mean, you feel bad for the young guy. I mean, Sure. Uh, now, I mean, you look at it, like a guy like Evgeny Svechnikov. Uh, what a, what what a year or so missed can mean for a young player. Uh, Svechnikov came in first round pick with with uh, uh, Grand Rapids, uh, played a Calder Cup final, won a Calder Cup. Then uh, right after that, uh, blows out his knee, misses a year, and then kind of has another year where you know he's still coming back and feeling his way through and. Uh, really so far has not met his potential that certainly that he had shown both as a first round pick and certainly uh, adapting to the American league. And um, that's such a key development time that, that, you know, that early twenties period, I mean, for young players, especially, you know, coming into the pro ranks and um, really having to adapt to a pro style game that uh, to miss a year now, uh, or even if he does manage to come back at some point late in this season, um, you're still so far behind uh, the rest of uh, your peers uh, who have been playing all year. That's um, the season's hard to it's there's, it's hard to make a whole lot of this year. So um, yeah, it's just a really unfortunate situation for him, and uh, to not even be able to uh, make it through you know rookie camp uh, really 
go into a training camp with the NHL team and sort of show what you have, even if you do end up going back to the uh, Belleville Senators. It's just a really bad break for him. One thing is for sure, um, it's uh, we're kind of right on that brink. Where as as AHL training camps are just starting to to get underway, uh, we know that preseason is uh, well. I think we've got uh, the first set of preseason games in the AHL is happening uh, just tomorrow night. Um, and the regular season begins in another about a week and a half. So we are on the brink of regular AHL action finally becoming a regular thing again in in a normal month in October, uh, which we didn't get last yeah. year. Um so there is going to be no shortage of things to talk about. We are we're very excited about this segment. I think this was it's a great way to just um Talk about the things that are hot and trending in the AHL, the names that people should be watching out for, uh, and everything about this this league. And Patrick, we appreciate you uh, coming on again today to share all of your fantastic insight. Well, thank you. Anytime and always fun to talk hockey with both of you. <laughs> and we should also mention uh, you should follow Patrick on Twitter at P Williams AHL uh, and next Wednesday, be on the lookout for his next edition of his under review column on AHLreport.com. I can only, I, I can't wait. The, the first one was excellent. If you missed it, be sure to go check it out on, on the website. Uh, and I uh, can't wait to see what next week brings. Well, it was another great AHL hot stove segment with Patrick and, uh, yeah, I successfully has been initiated into the fantasy sports trash talking on the mm -hmm. podcast. Yeah. So um, I think it was a, success, a successful segment. For sure. <laughs> yeah, he's he's no longer a guest anymore. He's uh, been initiated <laughs> and he's a full right. member of the team. That's right. Uh, we, but, but in all seriousness, a great segment with Patrick. Uh, he's a wealth of information and uh, it's it's something that we really look forward to, to chatting with him about every other week here on the show. So uh, don't miss his next uh, under review, as I said, coming out next Wednesday on AHLReport.com. Including, you know, there's other features that are about to come out on AHL Report. We are starting to get in into game recap season. So that's going to be happening very soon, uh, whether you're a Laval Rocket fan, a Lehigh Valley Phantoms fan. Um, also, just bringing you some other um, information for some other teams as well. Uh, two of our newer contributors, Maria and Michael, will have, uh, they will each have a season preview article coming out, um, coming up soon on the AHL Report. Uh, Michael's going to be previewing the season ahead for the Belleville Senators, and Maria is going to be previewing the season ahead for the Toronto Marlies. So uh, both of those, particularly for the Laval fans, uh, two rivals of the Laval Rocket, but AHL fans in general will really enjoy hearing about that. Um, so we don't want you to miss any of it. Be sure, again, as I said, you're following at the AHL Report on Twitter. Uh, and Rick, you know, it's been it's been wonderful. We've we've welcomed, uh, I believe now, including Patrick, five new team members to the Rocket Sports crew, uh, both at the AHL Report and also at allhabs.net uh, over the course of, of this past month. Uh, it's been wonderful getting to know all of these new these new folks and and great new friends and faces, but uh, there is still room for more, correct? There are. <laughs> There's a spot or two There's left. A spot. Um, and and listen, if, if you um, enjoy uh, hockey at any level uh, and you feel that you want to get more involved, um, maybe you're, you're a student, 
uh, who's in a communications program or journalism program and needs to to get some experience or you're you you've just graduated and you have to um, uh, add to your resume or you're just an experienced hockey mind that's uh, wants to have a platform to express their views um, then join our team um, and to do that go to H, well, it's actually, it's right at the bottom of the page. On AHL Report, you can scroll all the way down and there is a tab for Join Our Team. And if, you, if you're if you a Montreal Canadiens fan and, and you'd like to join more of the All Habs uh, side of the coverage, if you go to allhabs.net, there is a tab at the top uh, that says Join Our Team. So either way, click those tabs, submit the information, uh, or just send us an email, info at allhabs.net, and uh, we'd be happy to, to chat with you. For sure. Well, Rick, it is preseason seasons, and there are preseason games on tap tonight for both the Canadians and the Flyers. So um, I think we're going to go get to that coverage and let our listeners get to those games as well. Um, it's been a great show, um, and uh, thank you for being here again, I should say. And uh, Thank you, too. I'm looking forward. To- Next week will be the last show before the regular season starts. And just in time for our regular season. Yeah. We have a brand new podcast player. I know you. you oh. Some of you listen on your your favorite pod, podcast app, but there's many who listen uh, via our our website. And uh, we've rolled out a brand new with our partners at Captivate. We rolled out a brand new player. It's slick. It's clean. It looks it's nice. Professional looking. Um, and there's a couple of new features built in. So uh, let us know what you think about that. It's pretty. I like it. <laughs> ThePressZone.fm is where you can find that. Absolutely. Tell your friends, too. ThePressZone.fm gives you all the best. So we wish you a very good week. If you are north of the border, happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, enjoy uh, an extra plate of turkey and gravy for me, please. And uh, we'll meet you back here Again, next Tuesday for another great episode of The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.